0: Welcome to the PA Football Story Podcast, where your host, Chad Brewbaker, will sit down and talk to coaches and players to discuss the classic stories and rich history surrounding the game of football in Pennsylvania. Please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to get all of the latest content. You can also follow us on Twitter at the PA Football S1. Again, that's the PA Football S and the number one, or on our Facebook page, the PA Football Story Podcast. If you would like to contact us about advertising, please email us at PA Football Story Podcast at gmail.com. Today's guest on the PA Football Story Podcast is current Mount Lebanon and former longtime West Allegheny coach Bob palco A West Allegheny graduate, Coach Palco won 217 games, 8 WPIAL championships, and led his Alma Mater to the state AAA finals 3 times, winning a state championship in 2001. Now, here is your host, Chad Brewbaker.
1: All right, so thanks Coach Palco. Coach Palco is uh, here with me this morning and um I thought maybe that we would start in a different way, just because um, you're retired now, right?
2: Um, <laughs> how long? Uh, how long
1: were? How long were you actually retired?
2: Uh, I don't know, maybe a couple months. <laughs> uh,
1: Old football coaches don't die, do they? They just keep mm, rolling.
2: Well, you know, it was a kind of unique situation um, that I had to. T- really kind of took the job as a package deal to help a couple other guys get jobs. And, um, I, you know, just, that's how, how I feel about those guys. And then, you know, you get involved in it and you, you sink your teeth into it. And before you know it, it's, um, you know, you you're, you you've got that same passion and that same fire and that same drive. So
1: what we're referring to is, um, coach Palco, you, you retired from West Allegheny. Was it two years ago?
2: Uh, yeah. 2018 was my last season there. Yes.
1: And he was, uh, you were done and it was over. And then three months, (laughs) three months later, all of a sudden you're announced as the head coach at Mount Lebanon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, like I said, it was a whirlwind. Things didn't end how I, we kind of wanted it at, at, uh, at West Allegheny. But, uh, you know, things happen for a reason and, um, you know, for, for, and, but, but now we're, you know, we're at Mount Lebanon and we're, you know, trying to establish a, a, a you know, a, 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 program and change a culture that, you know, that we're there, we're used to. And, uh, I think the kids are doing awesome and, uh, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, the trials and tribulations of doing that of building a program and, you know, getting the right people in and, you know, just making sure the kids understand how the, you know, the whole process works and the whole family atmosphere. And um, so it's been, uh, it's been good. It's been fun. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't
1: want to hammer this too hard, but as a guy who's getting, I'm not quite, uh, the sun's not completely setting on my career, but it's getting, you know, it's getting lower in the sky. So let me ask you this, when you were retiring at West Allegheny in your mind, was that it?
2: No, it wasn't it. It just, I just thought that maybe it was time for a change. You know, 25, 24 years of the the kids listening to the same voice. And, you know, sometimes you, I worry, you worry about that. You worry Mm -hmm. that, you know, is it, is it time to go? Is it not time to go? Is it, you know, what, what's the best situation? And, you know, we thought we had a secession plan when I was happy with. And, but like I said, that kind of, didn't didn't work out but it you know it like i said things happen for a reason so i you know i i had actually thought i was going to go to college okay and and do something on that level i, I never was going to retire from life i mean it was just i retired from education and um you know but now you look at it i'm 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 sobbing every day and how are you? I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, it's just, I, I, I retired too early. I enjoy teaching too much. I, yeah. That's what I, re- I mean, you know, and coaching and teaching is the same thing. Sure. I, uh, I just missed that bantering that those relationships though on a daily basis that you have. And, you know, you know, I, I'm not saying I made a mistake. I just know, I thought I had a plan, but my, make sure you have like plan <laughs> A, B, C, D.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I mean that you know you do see teachers that uh, retire and then a year and a half later you see them subbing. You're like, "What do you as as someone who's still in it, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me." But you know, I'm not there yet, so I can't really I can't really judge, but I do get that aspect of it. I know that I've talked to a lot of guys that when when retirement comes up, you have to have you have to have things that you're going to do or you'll get
2: bored real quickly, especially football guys. Yeah, it it was, uh, like I said, I never had that chance to get bored. I know one thing, I wanted <laughs> to pull this, it felt like I wanted to pull the skin off my body. I mean, you yeah. know, when you're not connected, you know, when you're connected to something and, you know, 24-7, right. I mean, that that's your life because, you know, you got to go at every, you know, that if you don't think that way, I don't know. I just don't know how to be successful any other way. So, I, you know, when I, I, I don't know if everybody's like this, but I mean, it was like, it was actually 24 seven. I mean, you know, yes, I love my family and I only live, you know, a stone's throw from the school, but I mean, I was, you know, you're putting in 16, 17 hour days and, um,
1: and then still I mean, waking up at night about something you forgot or may have forgotten. Or, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's the, the, I don't think people realize the amount of time and, and I don't know more than more than just time. I would think it's, you know, the amount of blood, sweat and tears you put into a place, you know what I mean? I don't think people see that, see the uh, see the that you do it and you do it for the program and for the kids. I mean, right. it sure isn't, you know, uh, 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 you, know, a, a, you know, it's not even a personal thing. It's just, I, you know, you get so much pride in something that you want it to be the best it can be. And then once you, you know, sometimes, you know, when you win or you get on top, it's even harder to stay there because, you know, it's just every, you know, every little thing. So. It's funny um, you say
1: about the 24 seven, because, uh, happened to be in an in-service yesterday and in a breakout room and a teacher who, who does a lot of work and who is managing an extracurricular program, um, said in the meeting, you know, I probably work, uh, I probably work more time in the building than anybody here combined. And I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, you're not in on Sundays for about eight hours, you know, nah. like it, yeah. you know, my parking lot's cleared when I arrive and the parking lot is cleared when I leave um, most years, you know, this pandemic year has been uh, yeah. very crazy and very different. Uh, and our hands are kind of, very much tied in the, in the public school sector, because, you know, the things that we're not allowed to do, especially closer to uh, Philadelphia. So, um, anyway, so we can, we can go backwards a little bit and let's talk about um, your years at West Allegheny. Um, you know, you won, I believe, eight Whippeal titles. Is
2: that I, think, correct? I think I think so I think that's yeah, what it is something like Lamar. that
1: and uh, you were there for 24 years I see I do my homework <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, prior to you getting there and that's your alma mater too so correct. Prior, yeah prior to you getting there you know they had won one playoff game in their 45 year history you get there in what
2: 1995
1: 1995 and um, you know Is that, so just overall, I mean, I'm sure you have a ton of stories about that, but just kind of leading into it, you know, I think sometimes there's great situations going back to a place that you came from. And sometimes that can be, uh, not so good, um, maybe because of expectations or whatever, but it certainly worked out for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was, um we were fortunate, you know, we were fortunate and things happened in a, in a, you know, I mean, we got lucky with hires and getting the right coaches in place. And, and then to be honest with you, I mean, I'll never forget the first meeting I had in that sophomore class that, you know, cause we, I took the job in 95 and 97, we, we won the, the WPLs. And it was um, that group of kids that, just believed and just you know i mean and and the stories and the you know the, the memories from all that that those those first two years leading into that third year were you know just, just when you sit back now and think about it it's just like some of that stuff was so crazy to have like the craziness that happened i mean you know do you you know do you have a chance to win there you know and and I knew, again, if you don't mind, I can tell, you know, a funny story. Go. With the. Uh, Go ahead. I, I knew we were in the right place year two. Um, you know, I, I had talked a, a young man into coming out uh, for football. And, you know, he's a big strapping kid, you know. And um, he, uh, you know, we were we were training after school in the weight room. And at the time, you know, um, you know, the, the school wasn't as athletically inclined. So we were in this small little box that we called a weight room. And, um, you know, the kids were coming in and, and I was asking, I said, where's, where's Neil at? And they go, coach, I think he's outside. Like, so I'm trying to get rolling and get kids on time. And so I walk outside and over toward the football field, you know, in the track, you know, how the fences are, you know, align the track. And so outside the, the, the track is, is like woods. Well, inside the, 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 this, this, it, there was, um, I look out and there's Neil's out there and it looks like he's laying with a dog. So I'm like going, what, what is you? So I'm yelling, Neil, what are you doing? And as I walk closer, I go, that's not a dog. He had a deer (laughs) pinned to the ground. And, and, and it was like the deer got caught in between these fences. Now I don't know oh, okay. how he went about it, but the deer was gonna was getting hurt because he right, was he, right. so Neil saw this and he <laughs> he wrestled this deer and had him pinned to the ground.
1: Was it and a I'm, buck?
2: No, no. <laughs> no. And and I'm and I'm walking out and I'm going, um, I'm like, what are you? do and he says coach you know my dad taught me you know i gotta you know you can't let an animal suffer and i'm going okay he goes well do you have a knife i'm going oh, no. I'm like, do i have a knife yeah. this is you know 1996 <laughs> no i don't have a knife i don't i'm not a hunter <laughs> and um he he i i run in school and i go where do you go you know back then the custodians right yeah, right and he had a freaking hunting knife in oh, his I, it was, it was unbelievable. I, at that point, I, I thought, w- maybe we have, we can win here, you know, yeah, maybe we have right. some toughness. <laughs> we <can. laughs> oh, I, maybe it was a sign that, uh, but I'll, I'm telling you, that was like one of the craziest things that occurred, and and uh, now, yeah. obviously, you know, things have changed, but uh, I'll never forget that, as long as I live, how he, he just, you know, was so honest and looked up at me, and Right. It was just uh,
1: crazy. The um, so you had success pretty quickly there at um, at West Allegheny. So you're saying the, the third year of the program or the third year that you were in. Third year of the program. The yeah. yeah. So what other than uh, wrestling deers down out of fences, what what else do you attribute to, you know, the buy in or, you know, was it just people were
2: just finally ready to change the culture? I think so. I think they were hungry and they, they, you know, and again, you know, it's like anything else you got to, you know, that whole thing of trusting the process and, yeah. and, and um, you know, and not letting, you know, things nowadays, it's so different too because of all these recruiting services and seven on sevens and that, you know, and, and, and for, I don't know where it came, but every, everybody that plays has to be a division one player and get a scholarship and yeah, and 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 be recognized for their you know um you know i'm committing to this certain place and i i don't know where that came along the line but um you know we we never had to worry about that stuff and um right. you know to get started so it was a really and truly it was a family atmosphere it was something that was uh you know very natural and you know it was very you know authentic and and um you know, and again, and I, you attribute it to, again, like you're getting the right people in the program, the right coaches, the right people to, you know, I mean, you know, the, my, my mentor, you know, end up coming and working for me, um, you know, and got a guy named Guy Ripple. Okay. And, um, you know, Rip really taught, taught us, you know, in his ways, he taught us all how to do it. And I don't have any reservations about you know, recognizing, you know, that, and um, he was just a, who's a true friend and a, and a you know, and, and he was loved by everybody. So, you know, that was, you know, fortunate, lucky to get the right people in, in place. And then throughout making really good hires and getting teachers hired in school that are now, yeah. you know, the kids, they're around the kids all day. And it's the same message, whether it's football season or whether it's basketball season or whether it's baseball season, it doesn't matter. The same message is being, and we're there for them. And we're not there for, you know, just, one thing we're there for the kids and i think once you can establish that which is i'm not saying it's easy but um you know once you establish i think it makes things a lot easier because then it's easier to trust the process when you know that you know they you the kids know you care about them and it's not about it's about them and it's about right. each and every one of them
1: i think there's been a huge you know there's been a huge shift in football and, and football coaches um you know Perception wise, if you ask the average person in America would give you an answer, but I think football has done a tremendous job and football coaches in particular of really shifting, uh, to a transformational, um, you know, impact model, as opposed to the perception of football coaches and not that football coaches don't get fired up in practice or games or whatever. It's an emotional, it's an emotional sport, but, um, I just really think that football coaches and not only football coaches, but football coaches is what we know. have just done a tremendous job of understanding um, and, and evolving um, especially in the last decade as to what's really important. And, you know, certainly guys like you who kind of saw that from the beginning um, you know, we're, we're important to then transforming that or, Um, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, other people seeing it and and saying, oh, you know what, maybe that's a better model of the way to do things.
2: Well, what was cool about it is because we kind of built that model there. Then all of a sudden it was the, you know, the baseball team. And then the, you know, the, you know, you could see the other sports and, you know, shoot, like the soccer team started the, it was awesome to see the, you know, and the, and it was just one, big family it's it was you know athletes supporting athletes not you know what I mean and it was no there's no jealousies you you know when you went you know you actually wanted people to be successful there was no you know well this guy doesn't like this guy and you know we all kind of we were built you know the same and we were all, all like on the same team which was that to me was to have an athletic Uh, department and having, you know, the athletics and the school support. And it was even that it was the band and it was all the extracurriculars, you know, where it was students supporting students, which was, you know, rare because, you know, everybody has, you know, because they're all everybody's jealous of everybody. Right. And uh, but there we kind of had a really unique situation where between the band, the cheerleaders, the football team, the, the the soccer team, the track team, you know, it was everybody that wanted to be, you know, wanted everybody to do well. Now, do you
1: attribute that to the athletic director, the principal, or probably a combination
2: uh, or do you think you the know, coaches
1: were, it was kind of a grassroots well, I mean, thing? Like,
2: uh, yeah, I think it really was a grassroots and I'm not taking anything away from the, the athletic department. I mean, I, you know, obviously someone right. has to run it and someone has to be in charge as the principals and the, and the superintendents, but, um, you know, and they, 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 they hire you and put you in place. So you, you know, but I think it really was, it was, you know, it was the way the teachers were, it was the way the coaches were, you know, they, you know, everybody got along and, uh, you know, there was no jealousies amongst anybody. And that was kind of, you know, because then then it became about the kids. It wasn't about right. the coaches. It wasn't about egos. It was about kids. And, man when you can when you can do that and kids know it and feel it and they don't have to worry about any of the other crazy you know pressures of other people and other kids and what kids are saying and right. i mean i'm not saying that this stuff never happened but it was sure. such a it was such a you know it really was it was kind of a unique situation and and um you know so i think it is attributed to everybody i think everybody saw it and everybody saw the the way in which um You know, it really helped kids and right, which is
1: which is the goal. How about that?
2: (laughs) Isn't that why we're in the business? (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: So you won. um, Now you just said WPIAL. Am I am I wrong in saying Whippeel?
2: Whipple Doug, yeah, the same.
1: No, I'm saying in, in Pittsburgh, do people say? Oh the,
2: yeah, well, you know, you should. There's a different language. Well, oh, that's it. what I'm mean. yeah. no, I
1: know that. That's what I'm
2: trying to. I want to. I want to be. Uh, <laughs> I want to say it the right way here. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know.
1: Starting in '97, you guys won four out of five uh, Whipple titles. Um, mm-hmm. Moon Moon jumped in there that uh, 1998. Eight, but, yeah, Yep. '99, 2000,
2: 2000.
1: Yeah, that's right. So. Um, Talk a little bit about that streak, because then it was quite, you know, uh, quite a gap then until you won the next one.
2: Yeah, nine. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it was, you know, it was one of them deals, man. We got, we had brothers of, and and yeah, you know, right. families and you love, know brothers.
1: <laughs> love, love brothers, love brothers. Yeah,
2: team. and um, you know, they were in it young, and then it just became a, you know, rallying point where. You know, you don't want to let the guy next to you down. You want to let the program down. You don't want to leave your legacy. You don't, you know, all that stuff. You know, sure. you want to leave your legacy, and that is is how it built. And then, you know, abs- abs- obviously, you know, we developed and had some really good players, and but, um, you know, it was uh, it was it was fun. It was it was it was a blur, to be honest with you. You know what I mean?
1: So the next one that you won was in 2000 after let's see after 2001, right. The next one was 2009. Yeah. Did you think you'd ever get back or was that time? No.
2: Nah, yeah, I think so. I mean like 2004 might've been one of our better teams and we lost um, in the semis. Sure. Um, that you happens. Know, on a, yeah. Yeah. That was tough. You know, that's something we had never really done in those games like that. So, you know, that team was really talented and, um, had our, had a chance in, in four. And then, um, you know, we just, I don't say we fought on hard times. We just, you know, it was changes in the program, sure. you know, you've got to change the way sometimes you do things. And, uh, but and other I mean, people it, it work never, hard too, you know? Yeah. And it was never, <laughs> um, you know, it was never because, um, you know, the kids quit or anything like that. It was just, uh, you know, can't win them all and you can't, right you know do things and and you know and then it was maybe you know so then again that's where you as coaches you start looking in the mirror and say oh well you know what do i have to do different what do i need to change how can we make this better and um you know so you adapt and you adjust and you get into the different things of, you know maybe you're doing practicing too long or maybe you're not practicing long enough or you know maybe we're not training enough or maybe we're training too much or maybe you know what i mean who knows? I mean, it's, it's, again, you kind of got to get the kids and see, you know, as long as as you have communication with the kids and they're letting you know how they're feeling and what's going on, I think it really helps you fix issues and fix problems.
0: Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show.
1: The last person that, um, uh, came on this podcast was, uh, coach Terwilliger from East Stroudsburg. And we talked quite a bit about, um, him playing for his father. Now you have the reverse of that. Um, you actually had the opportunity to coach your sons. So, um, he had some great stories, um, one of them was he got the the double barrel middle finger from up in the press box one time when he was a when he was a redshirt freshman because uh, the because the phones broke. Um, are there, you know, talk about talk about coaching your sons and, you know, some of the challenges that come with that and some of the joys that come with that.
2: Well, you know, you got to understand, like my kids have been coming. We came. You know, I started my coaching career in Jeanette. Right. And um, I started there and I brought my kids to as many and as many as I could practices and just wanted them to be around the game and be around that atmosphere. And um, so, you know, that goes a little bit way. It wasn't like, you know, they were always around. So they always were with daddy and knew, you know, I mean, and heard daddy talk. And, you know, this is what we taught, how we, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff. And they saw the... I think they saw it. So they, they couldn't wait. Now my, I didn't, my kids didn't play football until um, they got to the, to the middle school to junior high. Okay. So, um, you know, that was an interesting thing too, but, um, but anyway, so when, when they, they started playing, I never really got to see him play because I never, you never get to see the seventh and eighth grade play, but um you know, you did as much as you could. So, you know, once they arrived, you know, that it was, the kids were, were great. I mean, they, they, on the field, they called me coach. They didn't call me dad, They right. called me coach, you know, and at home they called me dad. So it was, uh, but, you know, once again, I think you didn't realize, you know, cause when practice was over, they came home. Well, I didn't. Right. So there was that time to decompress and, you know, I didn't drive home you know to you know to school and back from practice and you know hey why didn't you do this and this and this there was no nagging part on my on any because i was still at school right, right um you know then you get home and then it's like you know it, it's time to you know worry about you know you know, spending time with your wife, and you know, then talking to you, you know, everybody about school and you know how it's going, and you never really had a chance to really do too much. Now, after games, might have been a little different. Been a little
1: <laughs> little, there little, were more yeah. conversations after games. Yeah, but um,
2: you know, that's <laughs> do all. You have, part do of you it. have
1: one? You have a story there with that? You
2: know, not really.
1: Or I mean, they, of, might, yeah.
2: they might have more. I I really don't. I mean, I didn't. There was no really um, like that. I mean, I I coached them hard all the time. And, um, and they, and they knew it and they knew I loved them. And, and so there was never any, you know, animosity. I mean, now so I, I will tell you a couple of half times now, you know, you, <laughs> you, you, you get, right. you know, you got, you got to get after somebody, right. Right. And, and you know, sometimes if you're going to get after them at halftime, so you got to pick the right person. Exactly. So I, I knew that, that they could handle, you know, the, the wrath. So I went after them and then the, <laughs> the one time he had ne- that they tie he had never talked back to me and then you know finally he says hey give me the ball and i'll we'll, we'll get it taken care of you know what i mean and so yeah. he kind of turned the tables and i was like oh okay well, okay that's what we'll do then so it was um you know not, not many not many like that it was probably about the only heated heated thing we had it was more um you know, now I would tell you, you know, I, I used to coach the quarterbacks, but then I stopped coaching the quarterbacks. Oh, okay. You had somebody I just else take that, over. Yeah, I just thought that was a better situation to let them grow and and um, you know, so I never coached their position.
1: Right. Gotcha. So,
2: you know, and again, it's so easy to coach your kids when you treat everybody like your kid. Sure. You sure. know what I mean? So there's no like extra this or extra that. I mean, it was what you see is what you get. And I was, you know, I was going to coach them hard as hard as I was going to coach anybody else's kids. Right. So, and I think that's what made, you know, I don't know if that's hard to do. I just don't know how to do it. I'm not, maybe I'm not smart enough to do it any other way, but that's just how I've always been. So I don't know if, you know, that's a that's a situation or hard for other people. It just was never hard for me. I mean, I never had to change hats. You know, I was never, I was here. I'm dad. Right. and Now I'm I'm coach. And now I'm, you know, teacher. And it was never that. It was always pretty simple.
1: Well, that's also, you know, that's also a tip of the cap to your sons as well. Yeah. Oh, because, you know, they were mature enough to understand all of that as well. Yeah. You know, so um, that's always uh, that can always be, I've seen it go both ways. Honestly, I've seen guys coach their sons and it doesn't, doesn't real, really work out too well. Right. But, uh, it's, it's probably, there's, there's probably not much better when it does work out the right way.
2: Yeah. You know, and then to, to have the success we did and, um, you know, yeah, that was great. And then even like when Tyler graduates and Luke Luke's a year behind him, uh, you know, Luke was a wide receiver and, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had an issue with quarterback and shoot the next year. Luke Luke was the quarterback and okay. took us to the semifinals. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, but you could tell, I mean, the difference in personalities and, and, and the way they are. But, uh, you know, now they're both uh, amazing fathers and raising families. And um, in fact, Luke's still involved in football. He's a scout for the Arizona Cardinals. So cool. he's, he's been, you know, he's been in football his entire life, really.
1: Yeah. Well, you have a very athletic family. You uh, your daughter played volleyball.
2: Yes, he was a volleyball player at uh, Duquesne. Yeah, and
1: uh, you started uh, pretty early in terms of your recruiting, from what I understand. Um, you ended up uh, you your college experience or how you got to college was pretty interesting. I thought you talk about that because where you ended uh, up. So where well, you yeah, you were I,
2: I played college at Montana. Um, yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was going to be a phys ed major and it was either going to Slippery Rock or Lock Haven. And, uh, the coach at the time at Lock Haven was recruiting me. Um, he took the job out in Montana tech out in Butte, Montana. It was a NAIA school. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was, uh, he kept recruiting me when he went out there and, uh, and, you know, my dad at the time, he worked for TWA. And when your parents worked for the airlines, you could fly for free. Oh, okay. So I flew out to Montana with my <laughs> my, my mom and dad and uh, saw the place. And, I mean, it was, uh, you know, an opportunity really, you know, to get school paid for and, right. you know, start something new. And, you know, it was, uh, so it was real interesting and, and really cool to be a part of something like that. And, uh, but I'm telling you, at 18 years old, being 2,000 miles away from home, it's uh, you grow up pretty fast.
1: Right, especially in Montana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might have to. You might have to wrestle a bear or a deer.
2: Mm, not me. <laughs> I, I, only <laughs> thing I, the only thing they they couldn't get me. I mean, I was in the best fishing in the world. Yeah. You know, hunting. I never did any of that. Oh, the only okay. thing they they got me to do was, I learned how to ski. So that know. was about.
1: So back to uh, back to the recruiting. So there seemed to be a pipeline out to Montana from West Allegheny High School. Uh, talk a little bit about um, you as a freshman talking to uh, the other the other coaches in the athletic office about an opportunity to recruit another player.
2: Well, I I got um, well, I was actually I used to hang out in the- this might the be right. the
1: if I want to hear this though this might be the smoothest move in in history
2: well you know like listen i'm on i'm an honest person so i (laughs) you know i have and and i i was a gym rat so i instead of studying i i probably spent too much time in the gym and in the in the offices over at the at the uh complex so eventually i got it i was working there as part of my work study i was i was working there and and uh I, I got to know all the coaches. Well, one of the coaches I got to know pretty well was the girls, bat, the women's basketball coach. Right. Well, at the time, you know, I said, well, you know, there's a, there's a pretty good basketball player out in, in Pittsburgh that's pretty good and averages <laughs> 20 a game. And, um, so one thing led to another and, you know, video wasn't huge back then, but, uh, yeah, my, uh, my current wife, uh, came <laughs> out and, and, uh, so we got her to get get a, a scholarship out there as well and the rest and was history that's
1: man that's working it that's working the system right there you know. I gotta give you I gotta give you credit I gotta <laughs> give you credit on that one so um still working backwards you uh, started coaching as a grad assistant at IUP and then you went to Jeanette after that um or wait did you go to Seton LaSalle
2: no no I went from from IUP there to Jeanette yes that's oh, okay correct.
1: You know, you were an offensive coordinator at Jeanette, I think, um, for those years, and I think those are the times that you really learn, um, you know, what you're going to be as a head coach, but you never really know, you know, and everybody says this, but you never really know what you're going to do when you get to be a head coach, but it's definitely different. There's things you want to do as an assistant coach, even as an offensive coordinator, that as a head coach, you're like, no, nope, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. So you really cut your chops then at Jeanette.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and to think about the guys, you know, first of all, coach Musi, who uh, unfortunately just passed um, from COVID and uh, was uh, somebody that, you know, I was very, very dear and very close to me. And um, in fact, um, you know, so I used to see him, you know, one, at least once a year. And uh, I can, you know, I, I, today i still do some of the things that he used to do with the team from a preparation standpoint from a you know before the game you know we used to go in the you know you're at Jeanette and i'm at my first high school job and i'm the oc and you know the the you know we're in the locker room the lights are off it's quiet the kids you know if they have headsets in you know no it was you know i still do it today you know it's yeah. just yeah. something that i learned and i liked it and it fit my personality and you know, some of those things that you take from you and, you know, you look on the staff that was Art Trageser, you know, and coach tregg was at the head coach at Norwin and at Jeanette and at Penn Trafford. And, um, you know, I, in fact, I just had the opportunity to talk to him a couple months ago and, and reconnect, uh, Bob Murphy was on that staff. Coach Murph was, was there. Uh, Ray Ritz was there and Roy Hall, who's the head coach at Jeanette now is there. So we were all on the same staff. Yeah. Um, you know, it was really, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't know at the time. You just, you know, but, uh, wow, was it, it, uh, it was a lot of fun and it was a lot of, uh, again, it was a family atmosphere there. It was, uh, it was amazing. And, and boy, did I learn a lot from coaching there? Just the mentality that that community and those kids had, I mean, when they stepped on the field, they expected to win. Yeah. And that yeah. was the the coolest thing that, you know, you can't, you just, unless you're there and you're a part of it and you, you know, you get a chance to be in it and see it, you really don't understand it until you're there. But that was the one thing that, I mean, I tr- was unbelievable about that town and that school was that they, they expected to win. They didn't care who it was and how big they were and how small we were. They just didn't care. It right. was We're in Jeanette. We're from Jeanette and we're women. And that was.
1: And then things. It's always funny how, um, it's always funny how the end of the game, something happens and they're right. You know, know, it's a belief that sometimes helps that where they think, you know, we're always in this game. This game's not over.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, again, you can have good players, but one good play, you know, if you get, you know, 22 is better than five. Sure. You know, what I mean, if you get eleven, is better than three, right? And that's how you know that mentality. They had that pack mentality. That it was uh, really, truly taught me a lot, and I, I really believe that you know we we eventually got that same that same swag or whatever you want to call it. That same um, uh, you know atmosphere that we had at West Allegheny too.
1: It takes a while though. It can take a while to really. You know, I think as coaches, sometimes we think we're going to walk in and tomorrow yeah. it's going to be – tomorrow the culture is going to change and it takes a while.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of that, too, has to do with, again, the the, the, the thing that you don't really, – is the, the coaches, the personality of the coaches and what – you know, because you – we, as the head coach, you can't do it all. You can only yeah. do so much. You know, those guys are out there. they got to be saying the same things and they got to be – you know, believing in the same things. And that's one thing I think, again, like I told you with coach Rip, I think he taught us how to coach football and taught us more about the game. And, um, and then, you know, he would give you that advice that, you know, Hey, you're doing a good job here. You know, you're doing a good job here. Maybe, you know, you made to think about this and he made you think, and you know, that was a, that's what I'm saying. someone like that's so invaluable to you. Uh, when you're just starting out as a head coach and, and I'm sure, you know, just, and again, just watching, like, just look at, look at the, you know, the guy, how successful those other guys in Jeanette staff were. I mean, right? you know, you no, know, there's one, two, three, there's five head coaches off a little school like that.
1: Yeah. There's a picture. There's a picture when uh, we were at Wilson with uh, coach Cantafio. there's this picture and I found it at the bottom of my desk drawer the one day at school and same thing there's like five head coaches on that staff and we didn't know it at the time of course you know we were young and dumb and there were five head coaches on that staff and uh just kind of okay that's the reason why we were pretty good
2: you know that helps yeah there's no question and you learn from me you know you get that 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 learning curve is so huge because you you know and then just that comfort and that that knowing that you know we're going to do this together. And there's something powerful about that. Yep. So
1: I'm going to shift gears a little bit and just talk about, you know, Pennsylvania is a very unique state. It's very wide. And uh, the urban areas are at the edges of the state and in the middle of the state. And then they're on the far reaches, basically the urban areas. So, you know, in Pennsylvania, there's always been, at least the perception by a lot of people that there's a real disconnect between what the East is after and what the West, especially the Whippeal, um values and, uh, you know, in terms of the playoffs, in terms of the state championships, in terms of what's important. I know Heinz field is really important to, to the Whippeal. And um, just speak to that a little bit, your perception.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, Trust me, winning a a, a WPIO is is uh, I'll, I'll say Whippio now. Uh, yeah, WPIO. <laughs> winning a Whippio is is really really special, and especially from being from here, it's it, it's it's uh, and growing up here, it means even more. Um, not that you know, and having so many friends over in District One and of you guys all over to you know on the other side of the state, you know you appreciate and applaud the 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 traditions the thanksgiving traditions that that are over on that part of the state which is like obviously really cool to hear about is that what you would compare it to because some of those schools Um, although
1: some of the schools that's going away and a lot actually a lot of the schools that's going away just because of the you know the piwa moving up the season right um but would that be what you could compare it to that rivalry or I would is it say bigger?
2: yeah yeah yeah, it's bigger but it's still similar I mean you know now some of them rivalries over there yes it would be well the know. east in
1: Phillipsburg is you know that's, right that precedes everything in those districts but exactly
2: and again how that it's all the tradition and how it came about and, you know and um, you know and, and and then just I think and truly just how the the WPIL when they started, they were so organized and they were all together. And, and, and I think a lot of times, I think a lot of people envied that, but you know, now I'm not saying that, you know, and everybody isn't, you know, we're Pennsylvania. So we, we got to think, think that way, but you know, I I just don't know if it's always like that. I'm not saying that, you know, but again, though people say, well, what do you think about, I go, I, I say the football over there is unbelievable. It's, it's awesome. And the coaches are like, I have so many really good friends over there. So, there was never any animosity on my end. It was always, you know, you try to get other people to say like, no, that's not really true. Cause you know how it goes. Yeah. People start talking. And, uh, but again, I think the, the, that, that whole thing, winning a a WIPIO was unbelievable, (laughs) but then going to the States and winning a state. Yeah. Um, boy, that's even better. Yeah, you know, it really is. And it's just the, the it's different because of the path to get there. You know, normally it was like you finish your season. You either play at Heinz or Three Rivers and, you know, or Pitt Stadium. And then and then um, and then it became something, you know, how how we became, um, you know, unified as a state. But um, I think, you know, there's just so much too much politics in it, really. To, yeah. to, well, to, there is everything. Mean? Sure. So yeah, you know, like, I've always noticed
1: though that the WPIAL seems more unified. Like it like put it this way: if you pull district one, for instance, just take district one as an example, there was a, a movement um, that kind of died out about four years ago to basically create a district-wide schedule. So there'd be four regions, you wouldn't have to really worry about any non-league games. And, uh, you know, there were as many opinions about that as there are, you know, colors. And I've always kind of had the perception that, you know, the Whippeal is a little more unified in its thinking.
2: Well, you know, I've never had to schedule a game. Right. Never. We've only thing you scrimmage is a scrimmage. That's right. what you, you go. Everything else is taken care of. It's, it's always been laid out for you. Yeah, so in a sense, it is. They are, they are. It's just now people have different beliefs and thoughts on how things should be run and should we be in six classifications and should we not. And you know, the whole you know, uh, Catholic, uh, you know, uh, boundary, boundary. you know, yeah, all that stuff. I mean, you know, those are things that honestly, I know I have an opinion about it, but truthfully, you know, they're above my pay grade because. I don't think, you know, I don't know if, see, that's where I think Pennsylvania is not unified. Oh,
1: no doubt. You know what I mean? No doubt. I do. Listen, we deal with it quite a bit uh, in our region in terms of the perception of recruiting and, and the promises that are laid out that we hear and, and the uh, nonsense that parents and players, you know, say and perceive and, uh, you know, <laughs> we have a open date and I just, I want to play a boundary school. Like I, there was a couple that reached out and I'm like, you know, we're not going to play. I don't want to play a team that there's kids for there's spring four kids on that team. You know, right? I, like I'm not right. providing you a platform to recruit our kids. right? And, you know, uh, but it was funny. And I almost, I almost fight, you know, I'm getting better with uh, just keeping my thoughts to myself, but uh, a, a private school, a boundaries or a non-boundary school reached out private school and said, uh, Hey, uh, do you want to play? And I replied, mm, we're going to try to stick, stick to uh, boundary schools here. And the person replied, what's a boundary school? And I wanted to be like, man, you guys are on your ivory tower, but I, <laughs> I didn't, oh. you guys in your ivory tower, you don't even know what's going on in this state. But uh, I, know, I, I, ref- I, I didn't. I held back on it because I thought uh, I kind of felt like it was a setup. Like it seemed a little obvious that uh, it was a setup. But
2: and I would tell you, even that stuff—that's that's that was never the case out west here. I mean, there was there was some, yeah, not a I,
1: lot. I know what you're talking about.
2: But, you know, and out out west, I mean, out east, there was a ton of that going on. Now it's like,
1: yeah. it's
2: like the wild, wild west out east. Sure. And But it, you're, you're seeing more of it on this side of the state now, too. Than you did previously. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that whole thing. And again, you're right. You know, you're trying to establish a program and, you know, you're trying to see. That's the other thing. See, we never had to worry about that. Like, so if we got stuck playing a uh a school that a private school or a catholic school it was that was just the way it was you know it sure. wasn't because
1: and those kids came up or, through and you know they weren't yeah jumping back and forth hopping back yeah. and forth
2: yeah which doesn't make makes makes this this gig a lot harder it definitely does It adds a whole lot of new dynamics to the to the uh equation
1: no no doubt so um circling all the way back to the beginning You're going into your third year at Mount Lebanon. Um, You know, what, uh, what things do you foresee? I mean, we talked a little bit about, you know, the state of the union, so to speak, but you know, what challenges do you have now as a um, coach that you, we, we talked about this a little bit, but, you know, going into your third year at Mount Lebanon, your third year at West Allegheny, you won, you know, a championship you know, what things still need to happen for you from your perspective at, at a place like Mount Lebanon?
2: Uh, I mean, that's a good question. And and again, the young Bob Pelko probably would have had a different answer to that sure. than, than, than my age now. So, um, you know, and I would tell you, I, I don't worry about that stuff. I, 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 I'm going to continue to, you know, we're, we're, we're going to continue to work hard continue to do the right things, continue to put kids in good, you know, the the right, you know, spots to be successful, whether it be on the field or off the field, Um, get them to, you know, to try to continue to build a family atmosphere and a culture that's conducive to winning. And um, um,
1: now are you guys allowed to, are you in the weight room
2: right now? No, well, we, we can't, have enough people in there right you know the numbers so it's not that's not conducive to train there so we're doing a lot of ours still virtual right um but we do try to get together off campus you know know, like right now but in a facility but you know that stuff we're still
1: restricted from that too even you know what i mean i'd like to go to an indoor facility or whatever but we're still restricted from that so you know i'm it's kind of uh pulling at the reins a little bit you know um pulling back on the reins with what you really want to do it's tough and then you know what's tough too like that you reference the family stuff uh the family atmosphere that that's tough right now too reaching out to kids it's it's really difficult
2: yeah and i think like like that's why we've tried to try to get teams together and you know so we'll have a coach has his own team and you know, we'll, we'll try to, you know, break it down there and try to change it, you know, here and there, just trying to make sure we're reaching out and touching kids, whether, you know, obviously by phone, um, you know, or by, you know, you know, video, you know, FaceTime or whatever the case may be. But mm-hmm. we're, we're just, try, just trying to let them know, hey, man, like, and it, it's, it, it's not easy for these kids. I mean, these are sure. crazy times for us. It's really crazy for them. So we're just trying to have some sense of normalcy, just to say, hey, look, you know, we we're allowed to talk and communicate and right. do things. We just have to not do it how we used to do it. So you got to be creative, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's um, it's real. You know, I never this this is really gonna bring out the good and bad in in people, and well, I just hope it brings out more good in us than it does bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be like letting the uh, animals out into the pasture after this. And hopefully all the grass is green, but um, you know, everybody feels like they're locked in a cage and, and uh, they want to get out. So hopefully, hopefully sooner than later. Um,
2: Yeah. Amen.
1: So, well, I appreciate you coming on here. Um, It's Valentine's Day weekend and I know you probably have to get all your, uh, Valentine's gifts and cards and all that together. So I don't want to hold you up.
2: I'm not a big Valentine guy. Uh,
1: (laughs) Well, it doesn't matter if uh, you are, it matters if your wife is right.
2: Well, the wife's out of town, babysitting the grandkids. So I'm going to, um, you know, establish some, some, uh, some honeydew lists to do around the house and make sure I
1: stay busy. There you go. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, hope to hang out with you sometime soon. Um, Be great. You should get yeah. back into the PSFCA stuff. You know, we I still know have a, still have some good arguments in the quarterback room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I I I kind of fell off the face of the earth on that one. I just got busy, and then you know, just, yeah, you know, you is try to is. yeah, you try to make that association as good as possible. I just maybe I, I'm just kind of. I just wish that our association would be a little more like Ohio and Wisconsin's and those guys. And, you know, I'm kind of jealous of the way those guys are linked together, but, uh, yeah, that, I guess that's, that's for another conversation. Yeah.
1: No, I hear what you're saying. I, 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 uh, I sometimes, you know, use my voice and I don't know how if it's good or bad or whatever, but I voice my opinion about things. So, I guess that's, all. I kind of view it as that's all you can do. And maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe people agree or don't, but I'm going to let people know. But I think we are doing a better job, especially in the last, last year or even the last six months, uh, a better job kind of reorganizing and whatnot. So that is a, that is a conversation for another time, but
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right. All right. But hey, appreciate it, man. I thank you thanks right. for having me on. Man.
1: Oh, no, it's great. It's great. I haven't seen you in a while and I hope you're you and your family are all healthy and, and have a, a great spring hopefully soon.
2: Amen. Thank all you. And good, right, good luck to you, too, man. Thank right, you. Thank you. Take, Take care, easy. buddy. Right. Bye bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the P.A. Football Story podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook or on our website, pafootballstory.podbean.com, where you can subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast platform or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating, a follow, a like, a share, or just simply tell a friend about the show. We look forward to you joining us on future podcasts.